Uh, you know, welcome to Paper Tuesdays with Michael Dwyer, Mark Halpin, Robbie Dunn and Shane Halpin. Uh, we had some technical difficulties earlier, so now we are re-recording via Zoom. Michael, how are you? You were just out for a swim. I was, I was. This is sensational, Mark. There's something great about podcasts. What's that? Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's a real live life 365 moment, you know, we did a podcast at six o'clock, it was a really good one, we were delighted with it, just just before we go live, but you know, we probably just left it too tight and we were testing out our new microphone, so it's just uh, brimming with excitement and, and uh, we, we, I'm sure this Zoom will, will match the standard that we set at six o'clock, Marcus. Acceptance and WAP, we're on the green platform. Yes, that's what we're all about here in Paper Chooses. And there was plenty of acceptance and WAP when we went to Donegal there, uh, Mark. Um, we had a great time, didn't we? Yeah, we went on our holly bobs, a lovely part of the mm. country. Thirdly and yeah. we had a great time. We really did. It was something special about it. Um, like just the four of us, our, our respective partners, and uh, just like we didn't do a whole lot. And I was my work colleagues got on to me today that we didn't go and see X, Y, Z and Y. But you know what? There was too much... Too much fun and frolicking to be having and, and games to be played with cards against humanity in 30 seconds for any of the, any of that uh, nature seeing and whatever. Yeah, all that bullshit. No. <laughs> but, but I think... Go on, go on. No, we both got a lot of refreshment from it, didn't we? Well, we did, yeah. It was lovely. Uh, very relaxing sort of place. One of the, most, one of the best places I've ever been, though, I'd say. And... It's just, it's a different way of life up there. The The scenery is different. The people are different. The people, everyone there is nice. Everyone waves to you when you're driving past. It's such, it's very uh, laid back. They go at a different speed up there. They do. They definitely do. It was so laid back, Mark, and um, everything about them. Actually, you were saying about the pub. The pub says everything about the place. Oh, John Jaws, yeah. So we went in there one night uh, to get takeaway pints. And I went in, we rang them first and ordered four pints of Guinness and a Bulmer's. He said, we've no Bulmers. And that was grand. We went in anyway. And he said, yeah, we know Bulmers. And I went there. It was this old sort of pub. And I walked down to the back and it was this old guy who didn't really seem like he had long left. <laughs> he was moving very slow. He was very relaxed. And he goes, uh, yeah, yeah, we had no cider. I didn't know we were opening this evening. And this was the owner of the pub. Like. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, he just kind of went and sure. Uh, he gave us five glasses anyway. And he said, sure, he might. What was it? You might bring the glasses back in the morning. And I said I might, and we didn't. <laughs> Feels hard telling the same story twice because we already told it on the last one, and I forget how I told it. I know, it was pretty much like that. But, you know, you had the wistful look at the eye, and, you know, you had... Um, you get a sense of that, that, that man that, you know, he didn't know he was opening, and he was open, and he didn't really know what the crack was because he didn't have plastic glasses. And there, there, that, that lack of preparation, but it didn't matter. Didn't matter, sure. It doesn't matter in the end. You're all going to die anyway, aren't you? Mm. Yeah, we are. Memento Mori. And that reminds me of the, the, the quote that I thought captured the weekend, Mark, was the key, the key is to keep company only with people who uplift you, whose presence calls forth your best. That's Epictetus or one of those ads from the Stoics. And it's just... Um, there was uh, there was definitely a lot of that you know that i found the holiday was imbued with plenty of emotion because it was just us just the four of us um you know dwindling around the fields of um of um mokra's head and yeah. taking in all the sights and in the jing clear water and there was there was a lot of uh, special moments so yeah you're very do you find alcohol affects you 
or sorry, the lack of alcohol, do you notice a difference in your energy and everyone else's when they're hungover? Hungover? Yeah. Um, I was, <laughs> it was a different sort of a holiday. The woman was doing an assignment. So I was, um, she was in assignment mode and I was in get out and explore nature. I was in Wim Hof. So I was saying breathe and jump and run and climb. So my energy Yes, maybe, but I thought you were pretty energetic as a whole, Mark, and, and uh, breathe. There was no stopping you. But um, I, I tell you what I do notice, though, Mark. It's more I love noticing as someone that doesn't drink. I love noticing the peaks and the troughs of um, of during an actual session, of an evening of drinking. Because right. you, alcohol has a, has a strange effect on people in that... Um, not that it's strange it's just something that happens you know that maybe at the start people are a bit rusty they, they know that they're drinking so that, uh, they don't feel like they're up to it and then the more you drink the more you open and the more you're willing to go there and to just just to sit back and be and not to yeah. do and that's that's the most that's something that really took uh, that I took from the second night that you know there were there was conversations had and was it wasn't it wasn't like the conversations needed to go anywhere. It was just capturing it. It was just the moment itself. And that's what I like most about it. Yeah. Do you find... you One thing very noticeable, and we were talking about, is that you're very capable of sitting, of being part of a party without drinking alcohol, which is very rare, I think. But I suppose you've never had it and you've always been exposed to it. But it was like, you know, it was it was not the case that like, you wouldn't notice you weren't drinking or we were drinking or was it, there was a difference in any of it. But I definitely think that being someone who drinks, not a heavy drinker, but someone who does drink socially and at social occasions, that I find it harder to be in those social situations not drinking, you know? Mm. Like I would find it hard to be as active in the festivities had I not been drinking. Or maybe I'd feel like I'm enjoying it as much as everybody else. But you you were right there with everyone else, which I find very rare. And I think most people that would be like myself would feel the same. Yeah, it's it's rare, Mark, but it's a quality that only can come out in, in certain occasions. You know, it's only when uh, moments when you when you actually connect with people on a one to one basis. So that was just the four of us. And there we were together, that presence, that connection. But if that group was maybe two, three, four times the size, then that's when it becomes more difficult for, for me, maybe as a non-drinker, you know, because you don't have that same social lubricant to just gel around and, and uh, you know, hop from person to person. Whereas when you're, when you're in someone's presence for a long time, for hours, then you, you get to sit into that moment. And that, that's why I find it easier when it's just four. But then if it was a bigger crowd, Maybe I would need my Jaeger bombs. Yeah, 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 maybe. But you, you, you've always been fairly good at it and you would go out regularly. You know, you're not a, a, a someone who'd be like, you know, a designated driver who's like, right, come on, it's time to go. Or like, you know, Ashton would, wouldn't really be like, you know, worried about you getting bored or anything like that. You, you wouldn't really be bored. Whereas I suppose I probably would get bored after a while. Like. <laughs> I suppose it's also the, the fact that, you know, the human being is just... Like, I, I love just observing and sitting with it. And actually, it's something that we think that men do in general, Mark, because there was a point in the holiday when you, you said, I could look at out that window now and just, I could watch it for days. Yeah. And you could, because the waves were, 
uh, just, you know, rolling in and sometimes they'd spurt up and sometimes they'd fall back and the different colours of the water as it, as it splashed against the rock of Mucker's head. But, um, but that's, that's something you think, Mark, that, that, that men have the ability for. Uh, we're very good. Like, because if you watch just lads, men, or like lads standing around working, there's an awful lot of just standing around and pointing at things. Like we there just, is. We seem to be very good at just looking at things. Like our lads will just stand and look, and that's it. That that could that waste mm. hours just standing and looking at anything in particular. I do it. I have a window out here in the, the far bedroom here, and anytime I go into it, I end up looking out the window and getting distracted and just looking out at the fields. Mm. So, yeah, we men are good, just good at standing around looking. Yeah. <laughs> well, there's, there's the chairman plant where you have your hands clasped behind your back. That's a very important one. That's a oh yeah, yeah. Uh, there's the hands on the hips with the palms mm. facing backwards. That's a sort of a tired, uh, big belly stance. Mm. Uh, hands on the hips, which is kind of like a listening. And there's the hands in front, over your over your your uh, shame, just sort of holding them there like that. That's kind of posing for a photo, I suppose. And then you have the crossed arms, Mark. Don't forget the Mac LeBanc's crossed arms. Oh, I love them. I love them. <laughs> How do you make a point of more crossing my arms? Do you? I can't remember. I do. I've done it maybe two or three times in the past year, I'd say. And every time I do it, I catch myself doing it and take my arms apart. Because Why? it's a defensive, it's defensive body language. It's a closed off stance. Mm. So I don't but sometimes. Know. Yeah, sometimes I think people do it when they're cold, though. But do you think you don't buy that? Do you think it's always because people are closed? Yeah, well, you're not going to get any warmer from this. Like, or maybe if your hands are under your armpits. But like, if someone has their arms crossed like that, they're kind of they're not open, I suppose. And I don't like that, especially if you're maybe if you're alone, it doesn't matter. But if, you know, if you're in company or if you're talking to someone, they sort of have their hands folded. It's kind of, I don't know, a bit off. Mm. I don't know, maybe it's wrong, but I, I've heard that before that like that's defensive body language. So I just try my best to avoid it when I'm in company. Yeah. Yeah. Um yeah, so like I suppose the holiday it's it's great in, in the fact that um we we got an early taste of it, I think, because I think a lot of people are going to really enjoy their holiday this summer. Um yeah. is there international travel at the minute? I don't think oh, there is, isn't no, there? but the possibility of it is opening up there. I think from mid July, there's a chance of getting abroad. Yeah, do you reckon you'll go? Um, I might, I might not. Um, I'm keeping it very vague. I would like to, I would be keen to explore travel, like maybe go to the States, maybe go, um, which part of the States? Texas. There's a chance of going to a conference in, uh, in Texas, and you know what? I think that would be some experience. So, Robin. Uh, watch this space. So, yeah, um, but that's all depending that's on the Robin. vaccine and everything. Sorry, Tony Robbins. Tony Robbins. <laughs> you don't take your. Pick. Oh, that'd be unreal. Yeah. Would you? You actually? If, if I'm, I'm just thinking there. If I, if I want a million dollars, I'd, I'd have to schedule a bit of Tony time. Um. You you said there you get a flotation tank and a sauna. Yeah, flotation tank and a sauna. I think that mm. means, I just had an Epsom salt bath there. It's uh, one of the best things you can do, I think, before you go to sleep to help you fall asleep. Really? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, that lavender. Mm. You gave it to me, sure, uh, there to see. Mm. 
you gave my present back to me. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, no, it's great. And sure, the Epsom salt, the flotation tank is kind of a sensory deprivation thing. I've done it before. Down in Cork, there is a flotation tank place and you walk in and there's all these Buddhas everywhere and there's this like real like ambient sort of music, kind of whimsical stuff. And the guy behind the counter has dreadlocks and no shoes. And you walk in and he brings you to this room and you have to strip off, you have to get naked. And you climb, there's like this hole in the wall. It's a big wall with like a vault. And you step into the vault and it's kind of like there's red lights and like maybe a foot of water, a foot and a half of water. You lie down in it and there's still ambient music playing. And you can turn off the lights, turn off the music and you just kind of sit there. Or you, sorry, you lie there naked in the Epsom salts for an hour. And the thing behind it is like meditation on steroids because meditation, you, you know, you kind of focus on your breath and you, you lose kind of your sense of everything else, your body, you try to get into the present moment. And then, but with this, you, you don't have a choice. You, you can't feel your body because there's so, there's so much Epsom salts. You can't hear anything because there's no sound. You can't see anything because there's no light. All your senses are gone and there's no smell either, obviously. But uh, yeah, it's just, it's, it's just you and it's just basically your mind you're stuck with your mind for an hour and you have to deal with the problems that come up but you have to learn to meditate through them and it's very it's very good very beneficial experience so i think if i vote a million euro i'd get one in my house here when you say <clears throat> excuse me when you say you have to deal with what comes up mm. like how would you deal with something that comes up in meditation something that comes up in meditation you just have to remind yourself that it's hard to do because you just have to remind yourself when something comes up or you find yourself getting distracted, like just bring your attention back to the breath, bring yourself back to the present moment. And then you have to, you just, that's how you deal with it, I suppose. But then there are things that will come up when you get that deep into your meditation, like the things that underlie in the surface of like your everyday thoughts will come up as well, because all the easy shit gets sort of dealt with fast. And then some more like, you know, emotional problems or troubles in your past and things like that will come up too. And you have to kind of face them as well. But uh, yeah, it's very beneficial, I think, for your mod- your mind and your body. You come out feeling really relaxed. Feel like you've stepped for a week, and you kind of mm. some stuff while you're in there as well. So yeah, it's good. And then saunas just are, are very good. I think there there was a study done that um, they followed a group of patients or a group of people over forty years, and I think there's like a forty percent decrease in all causes of mortality in the people who took saunas versus the control group. It all causes mortality. Yeah. That's so unreal. All the ways you can die, like. Wow. And all. Man, these are people who took saunas four times a week for 40 year, 40 year period. And the control group did it. Mac. That's unreal. Yeah. Yeah. And it was supposed to be very, very strong links between sauna use and uh, avoiding dementia. Right. Yeah. yeah. And I have dementia mm. in my family, so I think that's a good idea for me to do that. I was doing it the whole time before COVID, obviously. Or sorry, before I went to Australia because there was no saunas out there. But uh, yeah, I'll go back doing it now once once the Arclo Bay reopens. It's a oh, it's saunas, yeah, yeah, yeah. They don't have the flotation tank there yet. Actually, oh, yeah. not, they're not that. Um, oh, my God, no. <laughs> yeah. I'm interested. You would love a flotation tank, I'd say. I'd say so, Mark. I'd say I I I, I regularly meditate for an hour and I followed the Naval Ravikant um, technique and I'd highly recommend that because it's just so simple you just sit for an hour you don't do anything you don't think about the breath you just sit and he got it from some 
guru in India or something. And I just like the simplicity of it, you know, that the only thing I have to do is commit to one hour and that's it. So it doesn't matter what comes up in this hour. It will benefit you in some way. You'll think a little bit clearer and the problems will seem a bit less. And I think you you kind of touched on it when you say that, you know, you're dealing with the things of your day. It, like that, uh, Naval's thinking is that you, during that hour, um, you're eventually getting to the stage where your email inbox is zero. And that's, it's not about someone who cut you out on the lane of traffic yesterday. It's not about something that happened two or three weeks ago. You know, eventually all those things are just gently fading away into nothingness. So, yeah. Uh, so to answer your question, though, yeah, anything like you say, Mark, it is all really about the present moment. Um, and I suppose all these techniques and self-improvement practices, whether it's Wim Hof breath work, whether it's journaling, whether it's um, whether it's even crystals um, that breeds give us there, um, whether it's whether it's bacon bread, whether it's washing the dishes, it's all about our hands and just our bodies relaxing and focusing on one thing and one thing only. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, sorry. Uh, I just to explain the crystals thing, uh, like Reed has, has given me uh, crystals there. She's very, um, very enthusiastic and uh, persistent that I take the crystals and I, I have been taking them and feeling them and you can't help but be struck by their, by their um, grip by what you feel when you rub them yeah. and it's it, I, it could even just be in the fact that your fingers are focused on rubbing one thing that you get something about of it um so yeah it's fascinating yeah. so now they have uh, in the middle of my car now i have my rosary beads and my crystals and they're sitting in harmony perfect harmony they're not a bother in the back oh. so there you are now rings and roundabouts <laughs> um no. what do you make your crystals I like them. Yeah, they're in my car as well. I touch them sometimes. Mm. But um, mm. yeah, again, it's it's an insurance thing, I suppose, isn't it? Like, no, I, I, you don't know if they work or not, but sure, what's the harm in having them? Mm. Yeah. yeah, that's how I feel about manifesting. Mm. Just, I don't know if it's going to work or not, but sure, especially if it's going to work, it'll work if I say it, saying it's not going to hurt. Um, Michael, you're gone. Oh, you're back. Oh, I'm back. I'm back. <laughs> I can't remember what it was. Oh yeah, we have to thank the Browns as well. Thanks to Breed, thanks to all their family for the house and putting us up for the week. Yeah. yeah. And I'd like to thank, I'd like to add to that, my partner Ashley, because um if like we only got three days, you'd swear by this holiday that we went to Asia and we we come back transformed, changed, renewed. But yeah. uh, you you had four or five uh, good old days there. But for for three days, um if it wasn't for a few things falling right. We, we wouldn't have got, got to go in the first place so we're very grateful to have got away to those hills of Donegal and uh, Jim McGuinness is on the lookout for you anyway Mark after your yeah. runs in the garden of Brown's house Martin the neighbour was very impressed with me anyway no were they <laughs> the other day yeah I can't remember what I was going to say there was something something to do oh you got your tarot's read now we won't have to go in, we won't go into the personal details of it but uh, what do you make of it or what yeah, well, look, I was really taken at the consistency and you had a few readings though and just the consistent messages and themes that emerge that, you know, I don't know, I, I can't see how they just, I can't see how it's just happenstance, you know? 
what do you, what do you make of it? I, I don't know. Like, is they they all sort of make sense, which is strange. But is it the kind of thing that they make sense because everyone can relate in some way to something that's being said in the card? Sure, sure, sure. But like, I I don't think that's a. Which sure you can you can you can say that about anything, sure. But uh, it's all it's all subjective, isn't it? Um, it is all subjective, but like if someone gets something from it, well, sure. Once it's not harmful or addictive, like actually, Mark Manson has a good news that are out there at the moment. When I when I speak of addictive, like um, you know, once you're not hooked on always getting your cars right or something, but like Manson says, whenever you whenever you do a, a behavior that you think you're you're doing. Never like you think it's maybe it's overeating, maybe it's over drinking. Mm. Maybe if you stopped yourself in the moment and asked, well, why if I'm doing this, it's it's coming from a place of lack. It's coming from a place where I'm having I don't feel full elsewhere. Yeah. So it's because that I'm eating that extra slice because I feel rubbish and or I don't I I, I feel threatened or I feel uh, it was an interesting way of looking at things to to stop yourself in the moment to to review why that urge was coming upon you yeah yeah that's kind of how i stopped smoking as well was that i realized that i i like the idea of it more than the actual thing mm. you know i like it was when i didn't have it i wanted it and when i had it i didn't like the fact that i had it mm. so, it comes from feeling less it comes from not feeling complete it feels like it comes from yeah you need something to be complete and then you get it and you realize i'm, I'm still not complete so you're chasing that dragon the way jordan mm. said was very interesting you remember in his second book about addiction and how it's it can be seen as kind of this monster you're feeding because you get the, that rush of neurochemicals in your brain the, the happy or the dopamine feeling and you get that from this thing and that thing you get that by saying fuck it anyway or like to hell with it i think was a phrase he used to hell with it i'm gonna do this thing and you yeah. do it and that to hell with it gets uh bigger and stronger every time so you're actually feeding this to hell with it monster and you're feeding it and feeding it and it wants more and more and more but it's never full and then you just become a slave to the monster of addiction it's insatiable it doesn't it, it has no end and it yeah yeah that makes a lot of uh, since I am actually struck by it's kind of it has a link. I um I wrote a poem there a few weeks ago. Yeah. Um and I kind of let me find it now. Yeah. There were two wolves, one good, one bad. Which one do I feed? Is this why I'm sad? Landscape drenched with rails and fears, canvas submerged in pain, no tears. Um yeah, that comes from uh, a lot of uh, a few paragraphs there but the, the the idea there the two wolves is kind of similar to what you're saying there peterson's idea with the insatiable dragon yeah you know, that, mm. what you feed is what gives birth i suppose if you put your mm. feed i suppose the prosperity in yourself like and the the health and the wealth and the happiness and love and fulfillment that that's what's going to grow whereas if you feel if you just chase pleasure and chasing external things it's just that's what's going to grow and you're going to become less because you're feeding yourself to it yeah this touches nicely on and kind of adds more context to what you said in gavin stamps episode um what was that you remember with the whole 
the gym the gym gear or something yeah 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 you, sh- you shouldn't chase what's expedient you should chase what's meaningful no one like people yeah it's not like you're, you're just going to get yourself in trouble chasing the shiny objects yeah there's always going yeah. to be a shinier object or it's not it's just going to be um what's it called top polished third or i don't something wrapped something wrapped in gold i don't know chocolate coins that's definitely not the expression mm. yeah. yeah but, but it's, uh, it's easy to fall into in today's day and age isn't it with all advertising and it is and look it's not simple it's no mystery like or it is mystery like it's it's like we we are doing a podcast and yeah and here we are in episode 54 and we're, we're talking and we're spinning yarns and we're we're trying to we're trying to comment on the art of life and we're trying to put metaphors on it and it's not like we arrive at a point it's more it's more we engage with it and we we speak with how we're getting on and i suppose it's like a commentary of life more than anything um i don't know if this resonates with you but it's just it's not like any podcast is to is to be the best podcast ever and that's going to that's it now it's that's life in the nutshell 55 minutes of spotify and we're done it's yeah. more it's more we're just on this roller coaster and we're we're looking at it as it goes by and trying to trying to dip into it does that make sense to you yeah yeah there's no there's no full answer i think you can kind of you can get different bit nuggets of wisdom or ways to have a, a, a better life but there's no straight answer to it like yeah i'm listening i've actually been listening there the last few days to the high performance podcast and i really recommend it mark um i'm sure well sure for months we've heard recommendations come from your brother jane and james flood and mm. it's only um it's only now I'm getting around to listen to it, and uh, I've, uh, there's some great podcasts there. Uh, the one with the South African rugby captain is just brilliant. He's now using his legacy as a rugby captain to to do a lot of charity work in South Africa and lifting people out of poverty. It's empowering to see this, someone that sees um, his impact as a human being much bigger than the rugby field. And uh, Matthew McConaughey is also on it. And sure, look, he has it all when he says life is a verb. And, you know, he, he's saying how if, if we choose what's meaningful now, it's, it will actually mean that we have more green lights in our days, as he says. Because if we choose something that's expedient now, we're just giving us, as he says himself, amber and red lights in the future. So it, it gives a good idea that, you know, actions have consequences. And, you know, this is, this is how... Um, how we can build our life um, and, and live it to the full and live it for ourselves as well. He makes this point of, I found interesting that if we are selfish with, you'll be able to find that there's a greater good in what you do. Um, he's kind of like by, he was able to draw on it that it's not a bad thing to be selfish because you're choosing the right thing. Um, yeah. That is obviously, a yeah, isn't it? If you're doing like charitable goods and stuff like that, you kind of, you feel weird don't you because you know you're getting good from it like yourself you know you're feeling better for doing it and that is your main reason for doing it you can say it's for other people and it is helping other people and it is good and you are making the world a better place but you're doing it for yourself mm-hmm. doing it mm-hmm. so you feel better about yourself at the end of the day that's why anyone does anything yeah i don't think it's not there are selfless deeds but they're in a way they're selfish yeah all root comes yeah. back selfish because you have to you are yourself yeah yeah 
it's very true way thing to think about it's not an easy thing to admit either i suppose yeah yeah um are there any other com- oh we discussed matt leblanc and how he's taken over the internet didn't we um he's fantastic ah sure look <laughs> yeah. that is i was read a tweet or so i was like uh this is what brought a united ireland together <laughs> it's, like, <laughs> it's so good it's so fucking good yeah really is really is uh will we um, read uh our newest um member of the team's contribution yeah yeah that's a good way to send it out and james flood gave a flash flood on the weather that's all folks and a shout out to flood who got a walking stick from you today but that but we won't be able to share the gem that is flash flood today but um but yes this is james morden have you got a tan mark or uh oh God, i don't think oh have you got tan oh yeah like you know all right so paper tuesdays in his room whatsapp Okay, so OAP who harassed or RTE star by sending 11 obscene images, or sorry, 11 obscene items is post, by post is jailed. An OAP who harassed an RTE star by sending her 11 obscene items by post has said, I was just trying to get them to play my music. Uh, a man from Kilkenny was jailed for two years and barred from ever having contact with the presenter again after he pleaded guilty to two counts of harassment and 11 counts of sending the young presenter obscene items by post. <coughs> The 76-year-old who was given two weeks to get his affairs in order before he hand, handed himself in said that he was never, it was never his intention to upset the young presenter. Uh, he reckons he didn't get a fair hearing at the trial. Uh, and as you skim down there, you'll probably arrive at the point where he tells the Sunday World Reporter that uh, would, he, would the reporter mind uh, giving a CD that he's just recently prepared to the yeah. RTE presenter? He was getting jailed for sending stuff to, and uh, yeah, he, at the start of his emails, he used phrases as like he was looking for a wife, which the presenter found disquieting, which is a very fancy word. Uh, <laughs> he also left some suspicious uh, residue on the letters, which mm. the forensic team were brought in, and it found that he was happening on the letters. Mm. And, I like the way I can see your reflection in the mirror. Mind yourself, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they were they were found out that uh, there was bodily fluid on the letters. Yeah. So uh, mm. that was kind of why he was got in big trouble, and he's going to the jail now. He's been rep- apprehended, and we don't endorse that kind of. <laughs> Carry on here, Paper Tuesdays. <laughs> Please do that elsewhere. Do not put it on your letters, folks. <laughs> 76 and he's gone for two years it's it's a it's a sad tale and i'm sure it's sad for the woman involved as well like the result you wonder right if this is a man of 76 years old first of all fair play to him for still being able to do that but (laughs) if you're 76 years old and you do that you pull this kind of shit and you've got to 76 without going to jail yet what yeah what is going on there is this a new thing or is he just a character I think the defense used the case that his late wife's passing some years ago caused trauma in his life. Um, so, yeah. Lots of people's wives die. They do. They do. Paper and send it to Pat Kenny. Not, not yet, Mark. No. <laughs> not yet. 
there's always tomorrow. Um, yeah, so that that was kind of unsettling, but kind of interesting. It was a bit more funny the first time for me. <laughs> kind of it was, re- yeah. Reading yeah, it, we had a great. Sorry, rereading it made me a bit sadder. <laughs> well, for the funny instantaneous reaction, get to our Instagram. That's where all the fun stuff happens. That sure, um, I think Shane will have a funny. Uh, clip from that uh, time and thanks to our uh, Paper Chooses newsroom team uh, mainly James Morden there who's on the desk and uh, oh give me three things you're grateful for oh yeah I like this uh, curveball um, uh, yeah I'm grateful for the sea Mark it was very tranquil this evening it was like an Oshin Cook screensaver and the sky and the background and I'm grateful for the people around me in my life I'm grateful for uh, the likes of uh, the friends that were down there at the beach and, yeah. and also my mother who made me my dinner today. It was yeah. a lovely lasagna. And uh, my third thing that I'm grateful for, well, I'm grateful for the trees and how different each one is. And like Ramdas said, if we see people as trees, we will see a better world. And I'm not sure if Ramdas yeah. said that, but it sounds like he did. Now, Mark, your three things. Uh, I'm grateful that I get to wake up every morning and be around my family. I'm grateful that uh, I can hear out of both of my ears. And I'm grateful that I only have five toes on each foot. Only? You wouldn't like a sixth? No, I did used to want one. I would have liked a thumb on the side of it, like a hand. Mm. So I could grab some. Yeah. Imagine how... Really? Yeah. There's, there's a woman... Um... God love her, she's, she's gone to her rest now, but uh, she says that she gained an extra toe because someone stood on her foot when she was in pet at Super Value. No fucking way. <laughs> <laughs> no way. Well, you can't challenge her now, Mark. What, what? Like there's a button on your foot that if you hit the right spot, you grow a toe. <laughs> That's it. That, cancel all my plans tomorrow. <laughs> I'm going to penance. Oh, shout out to the wall in Gory, the big one that got painted. Looks cool. Oh, it does. Yeah, by the market square. Yeah. 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 Wall. Shout out and we are going to this summer back. Oh, that's what was there. Couple Tuesdays. Bye bye summer. <laughs> well, this summer it's going to be a love gory summer with Paper Tuesdays. More on this as you get. So there you are. Paper Tuesdays. And Mark, I left one more thing out. The fourth thing I'm grateful for is anyone that's bothered to listen to this point of this podcast. You are absolutely unbelievable. Yeah. And it's you're the reason I get up in the morning. Thank you, San Diego. Love no. Goodbye, Michael. <laughs> Goodbye, Mark.